Blog Talk Radio. It's September 17, 2017. Hello and welcome to Working for a Living Radio Show, where progressives for change present opinions that matter. Tonight we're joined by co-hosts Jeff Brown and David Fillion. I'm your moderator, Leroy McKnight. Remember, good leadership is never about power and control, but rather for the honor and the privilege of serving the members in the interest of the membership. To be sure, each and every member of the leadership team of Working for a Living is committed to returning our union, the UAW, to a labor ethos. And that ethos then administered in the interest of all the rank and file members. Having said that, we certainly hope every hope that everyone had an enjoyable week and that you had a lot of fun and stayed safe. Going on to announcements here. First announcement is remember that Team Working for Living uh, supports Medicare for everyone and removing the $127,000 limitation cap on earnings that are subject to participation in the Social Security program will go a long way for funding Medicare for everyone. It puts a lot of money then in the system. Uh, Reminder for everyone, there's a petition on our page to sign in support of Medicare for All. Announcement number two. Team Working for a Living continues to oppose the Working Families Flexibility Act. Announcement number three, Team Working for a Living continues to stand shoulder to shoulder with our brothers and sisters in the Michigan building trades against the legislation introduced to repeal Michigan's prevailing wage. They have renewed their request to decline to sign any petition you are presented that has anything to do with prevailing wage. Announcement number four, reminder that Unifor and the the Labor Union of Canada uh, has asked that right-to-work rules be abolished as a condition of NAFTA renegotiations. Announcement number five, there's still no offer for FCA on the table. Announcement number six, regarding the Boilermakers, local union, 154 from the Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania area. I have a lot of affinity with that area myself. If you ever traveled there, you'd know why. Uh, Their 19-year-long local union president, Ray Ventroni, has accepted a plea agreement for his embezzlement of millions of dollars from local 154. He reportedly faces restitution of over $2 million and between three and four years in prison. Getting busy in that prison system, I think. Announcement number seven. GM workers at the Cami, uh, GM Cami assembly plant in Ontario have reportedly asked GM for, an, uh, for new work to avoid a strike. some issues with sound, I understand. We'll try and resolve those. Um, uh, Announcement number 
8th, on April 29 of this year, Nicholas Doyle and four other crane operators were poisoned at U.S. Steel in Ecorse, Michigan. See a post on our page to assist them. Regarding an issue that working for a living lent assistance to the upstate Teamsters with, on September 13, 2017, the U.S. Treasury announced it has approved pension cuts for 35,000 retired retirees and active uh, Teamsters covered under the New York State Teamsters Pension Fund. The cuts will take effect on October 1st. Let me hand this over to uh, uh, Brother Fillion and see if Brother Fillion can uh, uh, finish out the announcements and I work on my issue here with some cracking. Where do uh, we leave off, Lever? Announcement number eight. Pick it up, please. Number eight. Number, you start with number eight. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I apologize. Uh, I was working on number nine. Go ahead with number nine. Okay. There's some. Right. Go ahead. Regarding an issue that working for a living sent assistance to the upstate Teamsters with on September 13, 2017, the U.S. Treasury announced it has approved pension cuts for 35,000 retirees and active Teamsters covered under the New York State Teamsters Pension Fund. The cuts will take effect on October 1st. Announcement. Oh, okay. By law, the Department of Treasury was required to conduct a vote of pension fund participants prior to finalizing a decision. The ballots were mailed to 34,755 participants, 9,788 voted no, and 4,081 voted yes. Under the rigged voting rules, Treasury is allowed to count all non-votes as yes votes. See, so despite overwhelming opposition by 70% of the voters, the cuts have been approved. Upstate New Yorkers opposed the cuts, opposed to the cuts, are exploring all possible alternatives for challenging the um, vote. On September 12th, 2017, in protest of inhumane conditions and low wages, 6,000 Vietnam workers at a clothing factory went out on a wildcat strike. Announcement 11. Also on September 12, 2017, the IAM and the SUW announced the termination of their partnership agreement with Harley-Davidson. Announcement number 12. On September 11, 2017, China announced its plans to ban production and sales of fossil fuel cars entirely. Emphasis on plans. Announcement number 13. On September 11, 2017, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau teamed up with Canadian Labor to push for NAFTA reforms. We applaud uh, Unifor and, and um, the Prime Minister for doing this. Um, creates an unlevel playing field for the Canadian workers and 
It's an injustice to our union members here in the United States as well. Let's see, Leroy, is okay. not back yeah. You're back? Yeah, I'm back. Is that better? Um, Can you tell if that's some, better or not? Yes, yes it is okay. some better. Okay. Go ahead with the email. I think, you're, I think you're okay, Leroy. Oh, okay. All right, then. Uh, email, messages and email. What's that? I said go ahead and take off. Okay. All right. There we go. Uh, first one is uh, Jeff's series on the UAW Constitution is compelling, and I look forward to that each week now. That's from New York. Um, it's You know, Jeff's doing a real good job with that, and uh, he's committed to going through the whole uh, Constitution, so we thank him for that. Uh, he's uh, got a little updates for some things, other things tonight as well, I believe. So, uh, announcement or uh, email and message number two. It is very enlightening to hear about the actual quoted statements from UAW leaders about right to work. And that's from Wisconsin. Yeah, they, you know, uh, you, you see this stuff, and it's quoted in mainstream, uh, double checked, fact-checked uh, uh, newspapers. You know, I'm not talking about something that's just in the press uh, on a blog somewhere. This is like the Washington Post in some instances. This is really, really double-checked, double double-fact-checked stuff. So uh, it was really disheartening to see some of those when, when they came about over the years. But it was nice to see David did a nice job on reporting that. So. Uh, email and message number three. Uh, thank you for reminding everyone that is school school is back in session and watch out for little ones, especially around buses. That's from Kentucky. Everybody should take heed of little ones all year long, but it's you know especially uh, when they're running in around buses and trying to get to and back from home from school. They might have to cross the road, and, and if you're not paying attention, they aren't for sure. So. Uh, email number four, I think this team is doing great reporting that is very enlightening. That's from Illinois. Uh, well, thank you. Uh, on, on behalf on, of everybody, uh, that's not just David, Jeff, and myself, but there are a lot of people that participate in uh, the putting together this show and uh, participate in the leadership of this fine team that's coming together for you. Uh, come and coming together. So a couple, couple spots we still need. Uh, we want to thank all the email writers. Uh, we, we had some duplicates on that, so we kind of condensed them down. Uh, so thank everybody, uh, and we really appreciate your taking the time to let us know your thoughts. Um, up next, this week in Worker News, but first we have our quote. It's an interesting quote. Uh, it is not power that corrupts, but fear. Fear of losing power corrupts those who wield it. And fear of the scourge of power corrupts those who are subject to it. It is not power that corrupts, but fear. You can say, but rather fear. The fear of losing power corrupts those who wield it, 
and fear of the scourge of power corrupts those who are subject to it. In other words, somebody that's subject to such corrupt power might be corrupted in doing something they shouldn't be doing. In the military, the UCMJ, Universal Code of Military Justice, UCMJ, uh, is uh, something that everyone in the military in every country that's been a signature of UCMJ has to abide by. And those folks, even if there is someone in leadership above them that wields corrupt power, they are obligated, obligated not to be subject to illegal orders, something they deem to be not in the interest of themselves, their fellow or women soldiers next to them, or the country in which they defend. Just keep that in mind. Now, this quote came from an interesting person by the name of Ang San Suu Kyi. Ang San Suu Kyi, Burmese pro-democracy leader. You probably spelled that wrong in the in the uh, haste of getting that in because this does get pretty pretty quick during uh, putting this stuff together. So, but uh, we correct that here for the record. Uh, uh, with that said, let's get uh, Jeff on in here, and uh, Jeff's going to start by t- updating us, I believe, on some things that happened to his union day, and he's going to also, I think, uh, continue with his series in the Constitution. Uh, so, Jeff, welcome to the show. How are you doing this week? I am exhausted, Leroy. But at the same time, a little bit energized from our meetings, uh, our two meetings that we had today. Um, for months, we reported about the territorialism from our local president on the elections. He made a lot of mistakes. Um, as of when the election was going to be held, they wasted a lot of money mailing out uh, information on election dates and times. They didn't get the right permission to have it early. Um, we've been talking about this since February until June. Um, today, we had a trial committee against one of our former uh, executive board officers. Um, we filed charges against months ago, but he is since been removed, and he filed charges against myself and two other members, claiming that we've falsified, um, fabricated a story on, uh, on a certain issue. Um, he was not there, and the membership basically asked us, the two of us that were there concerning the trials, we would agree to drop the charges against each other. That we will consider because basically, one, 
we won our side of the case against the gentleman. Um, he can't win this case against us, so we will be willing to drop the charges. Um, we had a long fight over it. Um, we still have to have elections for the three members of the e-board at large and the sergeant at arms at the local level. You know, we started this conversation on elections that started in February. And here it is September, and we're still having elections. Um, the meeting went pretty good. Um, the president is not very happy with me, but I don't care. Um, he's going to remain unhappy with me until the day I retire. So I don't care about what he thinks. Um, people were concerned about the cost of, of the trial jury. Jury, oh yeah, trial committees. But they're not concerned about how much money the local put in by putting in bulletproof glass inside the reception area um, as you walk into the lobby of the hall. So, anyway, we're willing to work out a deal where we can uh, drop both charges. So, um, yeah. we won. Okay, let's... Let. Yeah. yeah, Jeff. Uh, as you said, I believe you won here. Uh, for those yes. of you that have been following this, this seemingly uh, odyssey of events... Uh, this is just amazing. Uh, there are three existing appeals at the public review board level on uh, the election itself. Uh, there's one Article 31 charge at the public review board. This is the highest level internal, folks. There's... Uh, an Article 31 charge that's been remanded by the IEB back to the local to affect a trial. And there's yet retaliatory charges on a single issue charge of three other members. And now the membership's just had enough. I don't blame them. With brothers and sisters and sisters and brothers, let me tell you something. This is the result of when you elect somebody that's unworthy of holding office, actually prohibited from holding office. And this person was supported by the de facto leadership caucus. Violation of Title 29 U.S.C. 504 it's serious, very serious. So there's there's three Article 31 charges against members, and in one side of that, they've asked for the membership to be revoked, and that didn't come from Jeff or any of his uh, member colleagues. Nobody in Jeff's team would ever ask for membership to be revoked. And there's three 
election appeals. Now, the goal was not to be messing around with elections trying to have them early and screwing around with them. Just do it by the Constitution. Don't try and get special dispensation. One. Two, the removal of somebody in violation of Title 29 U.S.C. 504. That person's been removed. Now, there's rumors out there say he, he resigned. The Department of Labor is saying a different thing. Okay? Just everybody should know that. The other goal was that the offices in question, uh, the three at-large trustees in that local union, have a re-election. And that's been affected. So a lot of what the original goal was has been resolved. Now, it seems to make a lot of sense to listen to the membership and to try and resolve these Article 31 trials because there's, th there's three at the IEB in one charge, one charge of three people. One person wasn't even party to the appeal that they said fabricated a record. person wasn't even a signature to that. The IEB is required to uphold federal law, state law, local law. If they don't uphold it, they're in violation of their duty and their oath. So they're in a little pickle here. Basically, they got to, uh, as I understand the appeal to them, they have to uphold by the law. And there's a number of things without going into all of that. So, Jeff, I applaud you, and I believe everybody listening would applaud you, saying that, yeah, you're, you're amenable to withdrawing your charges against the man that's been required to have a trial and the man that's still, brother, that's still up there uh, under appeal at the Public Review Board withdraw those charges, those two charges. And a quid pro quo move of withdrawing the Article 31 charge against you and two other members, asking that your membership be revoked. So my suggestion, uh, Brother Brown, to you and your uh, local union colleagues, brothers and sisters that have been accused and charged, uh, is that you involve the international staff rep so that no games are played, sit down at a table with the three of you, the international staff rep, and the other two charged parties, and the one that charged you. All five of you sit down and sign a release 
withdrawing your charges at the same time that that can be taken back to the membership and everybody get a copy before they leave. Administered by the international staff room. That's my suggestion to you, Brother Brown, in front of everybody listening. I think that's the resolution to everybody's problems. I happen to know that there's some other substantial liability against one of the others on the outside. That should be withdrawn as well if they comply fully. Yeah. They play games, likely you're not going to get charged because the IB has to uphold its part, has to abide by the law. There are no retaliations allowed. They're big losers if they don't if they don't play. Just know that everybody. They're the big losers. And if you want if you really want to avoid this kind of stuff in the future, elect people that are actually allowed to hold office and elect people that are worthy worthy of the honor to represent you. When it's somebody's personal fiefdom because of delusional self-entitlement and they run around demeaning people, telling outright lies, called out for it, and making statements that cause them not to be able to work with supporting organizations in our August UAW and of our August UAW. So those people in your local union that can't come to the party ought to really, really think twice about their decision. So I'm going to suggest you all better sit down with a clear head and weigh your options and weigh the wishes of the membership. And both are not in your favor. So quid pro quo, everything get dropped, all of it, outside, inside, everything. Both sides administered by the international staff rep. If that's not the case, Brother Brown, say no. That's all I got to say. David, do you have anything to add to that? Um, no, I believe that uh covered it fairly well. Um, that is the answer. This is just a bunch of paperwork out there now. The objective was achieved, and... Um, that should be good enough. Move on. Yeah. But like you said, Jeff if the if the answer is no, then Jeff should respond in like kind because the cards are in his favor. Yeah, they are. Oh yeah, they are. Yes, yeah huge liability on the other side of this issue. Huge. 
there were 10 days from the notice that went out to respond. And that, that was failed to respond. Now, free-for-all. It's wide open. Take whatever you can get from that person that made such a statement. And I hate to see that. But I'm going to tell you something. There are people in this that if they don't come to the table, will lose everything they own. Including 25% of future budget. Oh yeah, this was this was serious, and they've had the opportunity. This person has had the opportunity to abide by the law and resolve it, and failed to do so. So, you know, to quote Trump, "Locked and loaded. It's your choice." Yeah, um, the leadership definitely discovered that I'm not afraid to back down from nobody. Um, sometimes leadership has to be reminded that we don't work for them, for us. Um, I am one of a few thousand UAW members who have our original union members in their facilities, meaning our plant opened up 30 years ago. We've we worked in the union, and I've been in that plant and passive in the union for 30 years, so I know what I'm doing. I know the rules, and I don't take BS from anybody. And we will continue to fight when the time comes to do the right things. Um, we've proven that. I think the other side is a little afraid right now, but that's good. I want them to be afraid because we're going to be on them every time they screw up. But we will right. sit down and have a discussion and try to work things out so we don't spend money on trials. You know, especially because we won, won our case. I default. Um, but we only work for So we'll see how it goes. Um, we, our plan is having rotating down weeks, meaning one week the day shift's laid off and the night shift works. Next week the day shift works and the night shift works is laid off. Um, so trying to find a happy medium. I think the week of the 25th, both ships are laid off, so we can do it on the 25th. I want to do it on the, um, on the layoff time. I live about a mile and a half away, not that far. Um, I'm looking to do the right thing for the membership. They requested it, and the membership is the most powerful uh, group in, in the union. The state set in the Constitution, they have all the authority. We are going to respect their wishes and work toward a, a good turnout as a result. So we we will we will take care of this then. I, I, yeah, and and Jeff, just to to reinforce, uh, you know, your position. One, we you know, I I uh, obviously here on on air, 
we we all agree that you should make every effort to resolve this and get everybody set down at the table and just withdraw everything. It's in best interest of everybody, and it's membership membership switches, and everything's been resolved. The, the goals have been Correct. met in the end. Okay, and I have pulled not everybody on the leadership team, but I have pulled others, and I can tell you that the sentiment is the same uh, with those that I've actually been able to uh, contact. And uh, uh, so just know that it's not just the on-air people, but the off-air leadership, and not, not everybody was contacted, but at the same time, uh, that seemed to be the, the consensus or the, not even consensus, it was the um, uh, uh, the uh, absolute uh, thought that support you in, in all of this that you're trying to do uh, and get this all resolved and put behind you. Like David said, there's just some paper out there now that needs to be you know, pulled back and everybody leave happy, shake hands, and smile at each other, you know, because we're brothers and sisters in all of this. And sisters and brothers in every effort that we do, you know. I mean, uh, we got we got a hell of a lot more things to fight over than somebody not administering a local union like you're supposed to. So yep. uh, there's real issues out exactly. there, and we need to start working on them. You know, Medicare for for all. You know, yep. uh, stop the suppression of wages, and all these mm-hmm. things that have been done to us in the last, you know, uh, ten years or so. So start to write that ship. So uh, we wish you the best as you go go forward with that, uh, Jeff, and um, you have all of our support. So uh, if you want to get into your constitutional series, so. we're right. Um, your okay. issue isn't re- your issue isn't resolved. Um, can you hear the crackling sound, Jeff? Just not as bad, but a little bit, yeah. Not as bad. Yeah. I I don't think um, it's my phones have changed phone uh and it's it's I think in the, the show itself, but we'll we'll try another okay. phone. We have enough number of them here. All right. I'll I'll work on that. Thank you. Go ahead, Chuck. Okay. This week we are gonna talk about article three, four, and five, right? Yeah. That only decided Leroy three, four, and five. I believe Leroy um, uh, oh, okay. has he's working, working on the issue issues? with his mic. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Three, four, and five are really small, and then we'll tackle the next big one next week. Um, it's just quite quite long. Uh, Article three. This Constitution. This Constitution, as amended at Detroit, Michigan Convention, convened on June 2nd, 2014, and as may hereafter and amended, shall be the supreme law of the International Union, United Worker, United Automobile, Aerospace, and Agricultural and Mineral Force of the of America, UAW, and it can be amend, amended only by a majority vote of the delegates, not the members, the delegates, tested, succeeding, succeeding regular constitutional or conventions. Now, this doesn't need 
the second pile on the floor to do this. It's the delegates that we elect by plan to go to the election. Or go to the convention, I'm sorry. So I want everybody to understand that. Only delegates can uh, speak on that. Which takes away the voice of a lot of members on the floor. Um, Article 4, International Union Headquarters. The headquarters of the International Union shall be Solidarity House, 8000 East Jefferson Avenue, in the city of Detroit, Michigan, 48124. We didn't know that address very good. Many times I've mailed things to them. Article 5, jurisdiction. The International Union, United Automobile, Aerospace, and Agricultural Implement Workers of America, UAW, shall take in and hold jurisdiction over all employees and workplaces engaged in the manufacture of parts, including tools, dyes, etc., and the assembly of these parts into final automobile, automotive-propelled products, aerospace, and agricultural implements, including employees engaged in office work, sales distribution, and maintenance thereof. Jurisdictions also encompass service, technical office, and or professional workplaces, whether public or private, and gaming establishments, messes, new language. That means casinos. We have casino people, members of the UAW here in Detroit. And, and others, as the International Executive Board shall decide, the jurisdiction of this international union shall be full and final. Um, so, you know, with time constraints, I won't go into Article 6. I'll do that next week. Um, but people got to understand, you, if you want to make changes, you got to make changes in who you vote for as convention delegates. Because most plants voted in the same people over and over again. Most of those delegates want to be appointed to the international at some point in time, so they will do what the international says. Supporting the convention. Um, a lot of people on the floor think that these conventions are just one big party. They're not. This is one of the most important elections within our union. Um, historically, in my plan, the voting um, percentage has always been low. I'm talking less than 20% of my plan votes for seven positions. Uh, it's a shame, but we are looking to run delegates team working for our living in almost every plan for the convention. Um, things do need to be changed. You, everybody knows about it. Our listeners know it. They talk about it on the floor. Things must change. And this is how we make change at the convention. So when a candidate comes up to you and 
running for the election, ask them questions. Who does not vote for? What type of resolutions are they going to support? That's being brought up at the conventions. It's very important, people. We need to understand that this is the starting block of improving our union. It must happen next year. Oh, that's all I got. Leroy, are you back on the air? I am. I, I hope I sound better. Can you hear me? I do. Oh, yeah. You, yeah, you do sound real good. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm back. You know, I want to point out something. I, I do a lot of talking on the show, but as you just saw, both Jeff and and David can step up at any time and take my place. That's how good the team is. You know, they defer to me just because respect, and I put a lot of work in to do all this. And I appreciate that. It's not lost on me, their support. But at the same time, you have leaders that can jump up and do this job in my absence. This leadership team is amazing. I'm going to tell you something. I don't think I've ever worked with a greater group of people, ever. So having said that, uh, thank you for that, uh, Jeff. Uh, you did a nice job. Uh, the uh, casino workers, I did hear a little bit of that. Uh, we checked to see how many they were, there, there are, and it appears to be 8,800. Uh, and that's at last report, and they were looking at organizing some folks in in Las Vegas, and not sure how that went just yet. Uh, haven't been a lot of announcements that they've they've gained that out there, so we'll just say that's still in in flux. And uh, thank you for uh, because it is we've gotten long a little bit, and thank you for uh, forestalling Article Six till next week. It's a very long article. It's eighteen. It's 18 sections, uh, 19, 20, I'm sorry, 20 sections. Uh, so we could maybe even break that in half for next week's show because it's, it's a lot of information. And this is stuff that affects you as a member. Uh, some of it's, you know, sort of housekeeping and, you know, just announcements and uh, of, you know, the international headquarters and what the constitution is and what the jurisdiction is that sort of housekeeping stuff but you get into some of these other articles and you may not realize how much effect that one of these articles any one of these articles have on you and the, the and the governance of our great union so that it's done properly and we're all obliged to do the right thing including those people at the top current and future all right. Well, having said that, thanks again, uh, Jeff, for a wonderful report. David, do you have any questions for, for Jeff? No, nope, he did a great job. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so that everybody knows, uh, uh, David and I went to a, a meeting in August regarding the VIVA changes or the, you know, the changes being offered, at least one change that's being offered in the way of uh, health care. Uh, and we're going to report on that tonight. It's going to be the two of us reporting on it. Uh, I'm going to 
kind of started off a little bit, and I, I have a number of notes here that I took during the uh, uh, meeting, and David took some notes as well. Uh, we're going to go through our notes after I get through my first part of this, and it's important that you listen to this and keep in mind what I'm about to tell you as you listen to the rest of the report, as you make your decision for health care, your personal decision. We're not telling anybody to do anything. That is your personal decision, and these are our opinions, well-founded, well-educated, and well-experienced opinions. Okay, so, and some facts about some things that have been done regarding the VIBA. All right, so let's just start this. Uh, the VIBA, uh, they said, came to be in the 2007 agreement. That's what was reported out in the uh, uh, meeting that we went to. In fact, in fact, it started uh, in early December of 2005 with a filing by a class, a group of class representatives uh, led by a man by the name of uh, Henry. And I believe there's five of them. Uh, shortly after that filing, yours truly, Leroy McKnight, filed his intervening plaintiff trying to stop it all or adjusted to the degree that was acceptable. And I uh, was able to uh, get legal counsel to represent us in the effort of an intervening plaintiff. Uh, one was Mark Baumkill and his full team at, at uh, his law firm out of uh, Bingham Farms, Michigan. And we got another well-respected law firm just outside of Philadelphia that had had success. They just had a success, I believe, in the tobacco Supreme Court case. So they had success at winning at the Supreme Court level. These are not, not your average divorce lawyers, not to demean any divorce lawyers. These are highly skilled, highly paid specialists that were representing us. They did this on the thought of some contingency. They did this free. In the case of attorney Mark Baumkell, he worked tirelessly for over 18 months. Once he found out my background, that I had interned with another lawyer, one of the most educated persons that I've ever known in my entire life, and I've known a lot of people. This person had a, we're going to go into this a little bit. He had a bachelor's from a southern university from Washington, D.C. He went to Georgetown and got his law degree. Lead from Columbia, he got three LLMs, one in uh, criminal justice, one in taxation, and one in uh, civil administration. Those are the equivalent of PhDs, by the way. For most attorneys, that's what they believe those are, because your Juris Doctorate is, a, is the equivalent of a master's degree. He had an MBA. He had an MSW, 
MBA's Master of Business Administration, MSW, Master of Social Worker, and he had a CPA, Certified Public Accountant. He was attempting to get a second MBA from Notre Dame during the period of time that I drove him once a week to Chicago for three years, whereupon he taught me, he was a law professor in addition to all this, he taught me the law, and I interned with him in his office from pillar to post for three years. He had cataracts and couldn't drive. Because of that background, when uh, the attorneys found that out, I did a lot of legal clerking for the VIVA in the effort of an intervening plaintiff myself. Somebody once told me, a benefit rep here from Lansing, oh, you you weren't around when that happened. I said, hell, my name's on the damn lawsuit. I mean, how could I not be around? That's That's how delusional some of the leaders that we have elected and appointed are when it comes to what's actually going on in our union. And it's sad. It's sad to diminish someone else for the purposes of just, I don't know, I, I just don't know, is just, uh, you know, sort of unacceptable. And that's going on even now. Uh, you know, diminishing, oh, well, that's nothing. Because, you know, I'll try and do it sometime. A lot of work. As we went through there, we did get some things adjusted. You've heard us talk about balanced billing in the past. And one of the things that the class participants who represented the membership in this effort, because the UAW and General Motors needed the members to agree to this by and through these five Judas goats, who gave it away, and I attempted to stop them. They needed that uh, stamp of approval from the court system. One of the things they continued to say is uh, that for the long-term viability of this VIBA, all of the participants need to have some participation in it. Modest amounts, 10 bucks a month for a single, 20 for a couple, and some copays, or I'm sorry, some deductibles and some copays. In my case, uh, the, the, you know, my I had always had traditional, so my copays went down because I mean, traditionally you have to pay up 100% of your office call all the time. So my co-pays went down, uh, personally. But I participate, and we all participate up to now, in putting a little bit into the VIVA that is, is admittedly by everybody 50% underfunded, only funded by 50% of the actual obligations. The only thing that sort of forestalls that is the participation of all the plan participants. In other words, putting a little bit in every every month. A little bit in at the beginning of the year and you're deductible. 
that's important for the long-term responsible liabilities of this this VIBA. And the fiduciary responsibility of leaders is to make sure that this goes as long as it possibly can. Now, in the end, it was uh, gaveled down as legal. Gaveled down as legal. Uh, And that was the one that just relieved the accounting for Henry One, this is Henry One, that relieved the accounting for the company so that it no longer had to account for this under what's called FASB. Okay, and the, the VIBA trust was created and management still had a responsibility to fund it to some degree. In Henry Two, they lost all responsibility, severed all ties to the VIBA from management, and it remains 50% funded instead of 100. So it's really, you know, incumbent on all of us to put a little bit in all the time, kind of keep it going as long as, as, long as we can. We don't want to get to 80, 85, 90 years old and have the damn VIBA be broke. Now, and I must tell you that we we have had discussion privately about how to deal with the VIBA once we ascend to leadership. We're not going to tip our hand on every damn thing we know. But there are options. Let me just say this. There's another case in the eastern southeastern district of Michigan Federal District Court that took the opposite verdict in the end and said management must be responsible for the health care. Okay? Just remember that. So having said that, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's really fiduciary uh, re- responsible to make sure that as much money comes into the VIVA as possible. The gavel came down and they said it was legal twice. The bankruptcy court had a thing or two to say about it. They gaveled that down, says legal, a third time. That was in nine, 2009. We had a gavel come down in seven, another one at the, uh, the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals in, in eight, and another one in nine, and the uh, bankruptcy court also in nine. At me. Uh, the 2010 level showed up that none of this is legal. These two two parts of it, even though you know at least three different, well, two different judges. Well, I'm on it. One district court, three circuit court, and one bankruptcy court. So five different judges said it's legal. Notwithstanding all of this great legal expertise. It seemed to be real uh, slanted against working men and women and for management. Notwithstanding all of that, turns out they needed to have two waivers of federal law in order to implement it. One, 
that I wrote an 84-page opinion or a re- request, I guess, an appeal, 84-page appeal is better, said my opinion was that it shouldn't be done, period. Uh, but I, I wrote 84 pages, and it went in in opposition to what they were about to do. That was on the ERISA side of it. Seems as though the Enron rule said you can't have all stock from a single company in your pension or benefit plan. Okay. But they still got a waiver and put it, a waiver, in an application to the SEBA. So it could be administered. And they allowed General Motors stock in almost all, 100, almost all measure into the SEBA. The real question is, what happened to the nickel fund where all that money was supposed to be at that we paid in for decades and that money was supposed to be available, yet and still it just disappeared. Just disappeared. You know where it's at. Took a few of them retired executive suite officers in the case of General Motors. That's where it's at. At least that's my opinion. Uh, And the other uh, uh, waiver was for... Uh, uh, EEOC, and you you know you hear this, and everybody just cringes. Oh yeah, that's that minority stuff. Well, it's not just minority stuff. There's actually a number of protected classes. One of them is age, and they were required to give young people that were active and old people who were retired the exact same health care. They had to get a waiver from the EEOC because it was illegal to do what they were doing. So they requested and received a waiver in both instances to uh, implement an illegal VIVA. At least I remind you who was president in 2010. So we have this sort of stacked against us. It's all full of our stock, General Motors and and some Chrysler Ford, I imagine, as well. Uh, we It's underfunded uh, horribly, and now they've said that they, in the, in the Advantage plan, well, let's just say, we, we're not going to get in, I'm not going to get in, because David's going to cover that here in a minute, uh, that, that it's underfunded, and, and the requirement by all who participated in the formulation of this bastardized thing called a VEBA for our health care was supposed to have participation, a little skin in the game, a little bit, not a lot, 10 bucks a month, 20 bucks a month, deductible, and some co-pays. Sometimes they get pretty substantial, but uh, some of the co-pays etc. Having said that, uh, just remember that's the baseline for what the rest of this report's about. And I'll hand this now over to David because David's got some things he's going to add uh, from our, our meeting and then uh, we'll discuss a little bit more about that and then we'll wrap up show up. Okay, David, go ahead. Um, 
I'm going to start, Leroy, on uh, page three of this uh, mailing that I got um, a few days ago um, from the healthcare benefits. It's the healthcare benefits highlights um, pamphlet sent to you by the UAW Retiree Medical Benefits Trust. Um, It speaks on page three about the Medicare Advantage PPO plan. Um, This is for members of the trust that are age 65 years and older. Um, It says in part, recently trust Medicare members received information announcing a new health care plan enrollment process effective January 18th. Trust trust Medicare members PPL plan. This means that the MA PPL plan will become the primary plan for Medicare members. We are not eliminating the Blue Cross and Blue Shield traditional care network PCN plan, and it remains an option for all members. If after consideration of your choices, you prefer to remain in the TCM plan or another plan available in your area, simply contact the Retiree Healthcare Connect, and then it gives their telephone number. Um, to help make this decision, the trust, along with our MA PPL health plan carrier partners, will be hosting informational meetings throughout the country. Get, get specifics about your Medicare Advantage PPL plan option and informational meetings details by visiting, and then they give a well, URL to go to uh, a page where you can probably see some of the things we saw there. One of the things that was said at the meeting was that any time that you didn't um, want to stay in the um, PPO Advantage plan, you could change back at any time that you chose. I cannot see anywhere in this pamphlet that they've mailed out that describes a process to change back from one to the other in a benefit plan year. So I don't know if that was misinformation or if it's just missing in the pamphlet, but it does not say that you can change back. Um, um, on uh, page six of this pamphlet, go through some of the um, monthly contributions. Um, the Medicare PPO Advantage Plan, monthly contribution, single family, zero. Monthly contribution, family, zero. Deductible, $245 per person. Co-insurance after you pay after your deductible is met, 10%. Out-of-pocket maximum, $630 per person. Primary physician, PCP office visit, it's a $20 copay. If you're at a specialist, that copay is $25. Urgent care, $25 copay. Emergency room would be a $50 copay. In comparison, the TCN traditional care network 
monthly contribution will remain at $17 for a single person, $34 for a family. Deductible is 400 single, 675 for family. Co-insurance is the same at 10%. Out-of-pocket maximum, $800 single, 1475 family. Primary care physician, PCP office visits, covered by Medicare at 80% after Part B. Deductible is met. Member pays remaining 20%. Specialist covered by Medicare at 80%, and uh, the member pays 20%. Copay for urgent care is 50, and emergency room is 125. Then you have your health maintenance organizations, HMO. Uh, monthly contribution is zero, and the family is zero. Deductible, 400 single, 675 family. Co-insurance is not applicable. Out-of-pocket maximum is not applicable. Primary care physician, $25 copay. Specialist, cost you 35 Urgent care, 25 Emergency room copay will be $50. Um, that's about all I had. Input. I'm sure a lot of retirees have it. Um, if not, they'll be getting it. Um, one of the questions that was asked um, by myself was how did the Medical Benefits Trust benefit from this new um, advantage plan? And the answer was that it would save the trust money. But there was never really any explanation for how it did save anybody money. Um, Leroy asked the next question, that if it saved the benefit trust money, um, why didn't the Blue Cross and Blue Shield just offer the plan? And the, I believe the response from the VIBA representative was that the VIBA did not want to pay Blue Cross and Blue Shield for the TCM plan. So they came up with this plan um, in place, to put in place. Um, one of the problems we see is the loss of money coming into the VIBA. Um, anybody in this um, Medicare PPO Advantage plan will not be contributing single dollars as a single family member. They will not be contributing $34 as a family member. Also, in addition to that, it was explained to us that the Medical Benefits Trust is also going to pick up the Medicare deductible amount for those over 65 years of age and I believe that stands at $163. So in itself, um, a single family member, well, that would be $17, dollars $204 a year, um, not going into the um, medical benefits trust and coming back out the other side of the medical benefits trust for those 65 years and older will be the pickup of the Medicare um, 
copay per year. So that's quite a bit of money um, that they're going to pick up. Um, quite a bit of money not coming in. And not real sure that that's prudent um, business, but that was the explanations that we were given. So, with that said, I'll hand it back to Leroy. Thank you, David, for your uh, very fine uh, report on that meeting that we went to in August. Um, just to make sure that everybody understands, uh, from the VEBA representative was Crystal Roberts, uh, and from the Medicare Blue Cross Blue Shield, uh, or I'm sorry, from Blue Cross Blue Shield was Julie Pirelli. I want to make sure that those names are out there for the record. Okay. Um, uh, Crystal Roberts was clear that you may not have a post office box. You must have a physical address in your VEBA account in order to participate in the Advantage plan. The uh, question was asked, is, is it, I want to reiterate this, was asked, the current Blue Cross plan is uh, it, they say that the current Blue Cross plan is that the VEBA did not want to pay the cost of the current Blue Cross plan. They would prefer this other plan and pay less. And the question was, so Blue Cross is going to offer the same services for less. And for those who qualify for Medicare, They're going to, you know, they already have that advantage in the current system. So the point was, Blue, Blue, if Blue Cross is providing 100% uh, percent or, or a, a, uh, a benefit for $100, okay, and now they say they're going to offer the same benefit for $80, this is these are uh, examples. We, you know, these are not solid numbers. What they said was that the VEBA did not want to pay the hundred dollars, but wanted to pay less. Okay, and that Blue Cross is now offering another plan that was less. And we asked, how can Blue? We asked this Julie Pirelli, how can you possibly? offer the same benefits for less money to the same people who have Medicare already. And they never answered it. They could not answer that. The VEBA, they, it was stated that VEBA doesn't want to pay the, the amount that's in the new or in the old Blue Cross Blue Shield plan, but rather want to pay you know, they they came up with this new plan. In plan, the PPO plan, you had uh, somebody with Medicare 
and the old PPO plan, TCM PPO plan from Blue Cross. And now you're going to have Medicare and something that costs less called an Advantage plan from, from Blue Cross Blue Shield. And they're going to charge less. But yet they say that it's the same coverage. doesn't change. Brothers and sisters, it was night. It was 2, two uh, 10 a.m. when I was born. The good news for you is it wasn't 2.10 a.m. last night. These numbers don't add up. The numbers don't add up at all. Not only is it supposed to be cheaper for Blue Cross, Blue, for VEBA, okay, <laughs> and you're just going to get the same benefit. We'll see. And this is guaranteed for only the year 2018. And you're supposed to be able to convert back to the the uh, PPO, traditional TCM, TCN, uh, PPO at any time. These are things that are or are not in writing at this moment that can change with a stroke of a pen. And I've seen them change with a stroke of a pen on other plans when they said, oh, when I'm, you know, active members, if you go here to this, Blue Cross Blue Shield plan, you may not return to traditional. You're being told you can now. And to wrap a whole lot of uh, presents around this shiny object they keep dangling out in the air, they said you're going to not have to pay your monthly, whatever that is. You're not going to have to pay your annu annual deductible, whatever that is. You're not going to be charged for your, uh, in, in my case, almost $105 monthly for your Medicare Part B. So these are all monies that the VIBA is going to put out, not receive or put out on your behalf. Correct. They say this right. is cheaper. What's that? Um, you'll still well pay the $105 copay. For, uh, I thought, I thought they were taking that out. Okay. But your deductible amount of a hundred, I believe it's a hundred and sixty-three dollars, will now be picked up by the Viva Trust. Okay. okay. I miss I miss uh, misunderstood that then because I have a note here that said they don't have to pay that. But uh, and again, that was you know misinformation because I wrote it down. So I'm not sure they knew what they were telling. Of course, it was early in this rollout. And they're going all over the country, you know, with this dog and pony show. All over the country telling you how great this Advantage plan is. That sounds good. And I, and I was trying to uh, indicate that they're putting a lot of little gifts on this to get you to sign up for it. They guarantee one year and, and say that you can go back to traditional if you don't like it. 
anytime. All of that's subject to change, and it's not in writing that you can go back into traditional now EPO if you want. It's not in writing. Anywhere in the pamphlet that we got or anywhere the pamphlet was just recently mailed. So uh, these are things that you need to consider. Do you want to consider the short-term advantages and not have health care in a little while? Because remember, remember, we're still subject to the price of stock and the dividends are paid in association with that stock. Don't forget. And federal law now on the, on the pension side says if the funding for a pension goes below 80%, they cut our benefit by 50. That's now been placed in our in black letter print into our Detroit Three Agreements. All three of them. So are they ever going to do something like that with Aviva too? Say if the funding below, falls below a certain level, that they're going to cut your health care? And then you couldn't go back to anything that was out there? These are all speculations, but I'm going to tell you something. The formulators of this plan, this VEBA plan, were very clear that everybody needs to participate a little bit all the time. And now they're just taking that away, all that participation, and in my opinion, jeopardizing the long-term viability of our health care plan for those of you really paying attention, that's not a good thing. So they couldn't answer a lot of our questions. How can a new plan cost less and provide the same? was never answered. How can the VEBA stop all these contributions from the masses? and at the same time remain viable, was never answered. Ask those questions after the meeting as well in the little breakout side of the, the dais, and they weren't answered then either. This is the script we've been given was the answer. I shouldn't say they didn't answer. They answered, this is the script we've been given. We're supposed to sell this. Kind of like the service. Lipstick on it. Yeah, put some lipstick on it. So everybody can make a personal decision. It's going to be cheaper, okay, for you now to be in the advantage plan. Are you going to, you know, be interested in cheaper now and nothing later is the question or reduced substantially later is the question. I want you to remember something, folks. <laughs> when this started, we didn't have dental and vision. On September 24, 2011, at a Channel 10 interview where the interviewer called everybody after I was interviewed and said, Mr. McKnight said the following, What's your response? No comment. That came from the VEBA, from all the locals, from the international. No comment. At 
we had limited that day, limited vision and dental back based on that interview and more importantly, follow-up calls from the media to all of the enforcing authorities, administering authorities. We didn't have dental and vision, and now they're going to give away the farm. That doesn't make sense to me. We had a vote. I'll tell you, we had a vote among the leadership. Seeing how on the intervening plaintiff is still upstanding in this case, to draft a letter and send to the court who said that they would be responsible for the long-term fiduciary responsibility and long-term viability of this plan openly in front of me in one of the times that I was there in open court. The judge promised to do the very best to make this as long as possible. Now, some of you aren't going to like that, but I'm going to tell you something. It's incumbent on good leaders to do the right thing when nobody's looking. But it's also incumbent on good leaders to do the right thing when it's unpopular. And I know this is going to save a lot of people a lot of money. And I can benefit by it, but I'm not going to participate in it. But I'm also, it, the leadership here is has directed me to go ahead and file a letter with the Southeastern District Federal Court announcing what we believe is going on here. So we're going to do that. We don't know if anything's going to come of it. But I don't, you know, none of us, none of us want you 10 years from now to have 30% of the health care you have today. And this dog and pony show they're trying to sell you will, in our opinion, my opinion especially, lead us down that primrose path. Damn you who negotiated this, and damn you in charge of the VIBA who allowed it to occur. You need to go. In so many ways, you need to go. And this is one of them. So, David, do you have anything else to add there? We're getting a little bit long. Um, one thing I noted, um, particularly when you were questioning um, both parties, um, they became terribly uncomfortable. And there wasn't any reason for um, them to be uncomfortable if they weren't telling the honest-to-God's truth. Um, you were polite. They actually became very defensive. And when the meeting ended, um, there were a lot of questions by the staff. They wanted to know just who working for a living is. What does that stand for? And uh, that was explained to them. And the lady from the Viva Trust went outside and immediately made a phone call. And I suggest she was calling her supervisor. 
Um, I don't I know what the rest of these. We yeah. And we, we had a number of attendees uh, come along and, and uh, ask questions of us as well. Uh, I got and, it. You know, they, yeah, they got it. They understood. Uh, you know, so, uh, you know, they're, they're selling it. They're selling it out there right now. Uh, so, but thanks for, for pointing that out, David. Yeah, they did. In the end, they became, uh, they understood we weren't there to attack them personally. This is, and I told them, this is not a personal attack. This is, this is representing the membership and their long-term best interest. And this doesn't seem to measure up in, in many ways. So, it's a personal decision. Everybody's free to do whatever they want to do. Please consider what we've said on this show tonight as you make your decision. Uh, I should ask, Jeff, do you have anything to add to uh, what we said here? I know you weren't in a meeting, but you've heard all this. Is there any uh, nuances that you'd like to bring up? Uh, yeah, there's talk about sometime next year of another round of uh, buyout retirements among the active members. Um, I don't know when, but I do know that um, the local people in the, the plants, your benefit reps, are having a meeting in the foresight in, in October. So something is coming down the pipelines early next year. So just keep in mind, if you're considering to retire next year, what Leroy is telling you, um, they're going to throw a lot of money at you get you to go. We'll, we'll find out more uh, later this year. That I did find out today. Okay. That, yeah, thank you, Jeff. Uh, and it's like Jeff just said, uh, in, you know, in, indirectly, those of you who hired in prior to September or October something of 2007, those of you hired in prior to that are retirees in waiting and are subject to the rules of what we just mentioned to you. Don't think for a minute that health care and retirement, that full health care and retirement is guaranteed. It is only subject to the financial viability of this independent trust called VEBA. It's administered by five UAW executive officers, currently Williams, Castile, Jimmy Settles, Cindy Estrada, and maybe Norwood Jewel. And by six appointees from the federal court for a total of 11. And the federal court, in the end, has more authority over what happens, thus the, the letter from myself, as directed by the rest of the leadership. So, uh, you re, you, again, to reiterate what Jeff said, if you are in the plant, hired before 2007, you know the date, you're a tier, two, tier one legacy worker. 
otherwise called a legacy worker. And you're a participant in the pension plan and in this VEBA. Know what's going on. And don't vote against your own best interest ever again. Because you still have the right to vote on a contract. Okay? So, having said that, uh, is Jeff, uh, is there anything else that you'd like to speak to tonight? Uh, on, and not just on the topics we talked about, but anything else? No, um... Not, not anything, Leroy. Um, just right. hope everybody has a good week. Yep. Okay. David, do you have anything at all? Yeah, I would like to add a couple things, Leroy. Um, Go ahead. One, um, during the bankruptcy, um, a portion of members were given um, covert continuation of benefits for life on our dental. Um, it's only my opinion. Um, maybe many have already um, jettisoned the COBRA. Be aware that once you do, you can never get that back. The VEBA plan takes the dental away again. You're back to 2011 again. No dental insurance. I still continue to pay the COBRA continuation of benefits monthly from my pension plan payment. Um, also, I believe Jeff said that um, they were talking about retirement buyouts. If I was a retiree or a person, uh, a legacy worker who could retire and was looking at fast cash, it's time to go before you go. Get out your contract book. Look at exhibits A and B. Don't listen to your benefit rep. I'm not saying all benefit reps are the same. After the national contract was there ratified, I showed a benefit rep exhibits A and B and asked him to he vote for the national contract. Well, of course I did. It was in the best interest of everyone. Could you please start reading here and ask me if this was in your best interest? As he was reading, I could see the sick look on his face when he understood what he was saying in black letter print. That pension plan falls below 80%, 50% of your pension's gone. And if you are drawing um, supplemental benefits, they're gone, and you're going to get 50% of your vested portion. Pension plan currently is 37, or 3,000, I believe it's 3,170 um, a month, and that amounts to, I believe, 1,460 a month, and then you take out your taxes, contributions for medical care, 50% is what you're going to have left of your pension. Falls below 60%. Speaks to shut down the benefits until a time when the plan can 
and is viable again to pay out benefits to participants. And then there's standalone language there that simply states shut down the benefits with no explanation. So those are things to look at. Don't just take the word of a benefit rep. Read it yourself. It's there. Take the time before you make a decision with your future. Better leadership may be coming. And those that that language will be coming out of the contract. That's all I have to say, Leroy. Right. I, I'd like to to add that shutdown of benefits that stands alone in the agreement was verified on a previous show by a high-placed high uh, regular uh, contributor to the show via email, otherwise known and referred to as Monday Morning, who said, when I explained all of that in great detail on that show about uh, the, the paragraphs on uh, the on the uh, the 80% and the paragraphs on the 60% and how that that can be taken apart. In fact, they, they actually commented on it uh, in a later phone call with the said person. Uh, he commented on it that the, that the uh, members of Solidarity House had gone, wow, he broke that down like better than a lawyer might. Yeah, yeah. I guess maybe I might have done that. But more importantly, is it's not good for the membership. And because you have someone with a little bit of background beyond bullshit, we actually pointed that out on another show. I had a lot of help from the uh, one of the co-hosts there that I dearly respect to this day. Uh, we worked tirelessly to break down every agreement, every waking moment, and had this verified, what we just told you, by independent attorneys from pension rights groups. So, uh, you know, this is this is <laughs> uh, this is horrible stuff that's going on, and um, this this whole pension thing just just irks me. Now, one thing that that uh, David did a pretty good job of uh, is explaining whether you're uh, a retiree over 62 without a supplement or a retiree under 62 with a supplement. And I keep hearing from you people, our members, you know, that comes, oh, no, there's this thing. The federal government's got this insurance. It's a, uh, uh, it's a pension benefit guarantee corporation. And the language in our agreement says 50% of the lesser of 50% of your pension, vested pension, or the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation amount that's calculated. The lesser of. Pay attention. The lesser of either one of those. You can't hang your hat on something that no longer exists. It's been taken away from us. 
again, something's been taken away from us. Okay? The language is there. It's actually posted on our page at the top. It's been pinned there for about eight months. We had to go down and look for it because everybody said, oh, no, that's not true. So we actually pinned it finally at the top of the page. It's, it's been there. It was international staff reps stating members' lies that prompted it to be posted there, if you remember correctly. Yeah, yeah posted, originally posted, and then we, we pinned it to the top, right? So, so you can't count on a pension benefit guarantee corporation from the government to protect you. If it falls below 80%, now General Motors is 91% now. We don't know what it's going to be. September 30th is the is a snapshot day. It might go up. It might go down. We don't know. We've got a hell of a lot of stuff going on in, our, in the world right now and a lot going on in our country. So we'll see what happens by September 30th. I hope it doesn't. You know, But eventually this market's going to go down. Having said that, uh, that's a good point, David. And I, you know, I just want everybody to understand that comes to us and tell, says, "Oh, but they have that their guarantee uh, a corporation from the government." No, no. And even if it was there in reality, part of the reason they passed this law is they can't afford to to cover the pensions. And our friends in other AFL-CIO affiliates are adamant that Congress pass legislation that as vigorously as they protected the banks in the 08 debacle will now vigorously protect the pensions as these seem to be under so much pressure. And I'll remind everybody, this is pressure at the very top of the market. Where do you see some of these things start to go down? Brother, sisters and brothers, this shit started this market in March of nine six of two thousand nine at sixty six hundred, almost sixty seven hundred, and we're bouncing around twenty two thousand. And pension fan, pension plans are in jeopardy. What's going to happen when the damn market starts to go down? And it will, it will. Wait a minute. Are they going to come to our aid in Congress like they help the banks? We'll see. We'll see. I got some really good friends in other AFL-CIO affiliates that want that to happen. They've tried to contact some senior people and, and have not returned, not returned some very important contact information. That's sad. Somebody that I asked to run for Congress initially, 22 years ago. Anyhow, with that said, we're really getting along here now. We've gone uh, over time. Uh, everybody uh, out there, we'll just keep. Go ahead, Dave. Say, um, you got another one? If you um, have uh, a chance to talk to two of your other friends, um, I hope that you could possibly suggest to them that the plan by Bernie Sanders for Medicare for All 
That's a good plan. It takes the middleman out. With two of your friends, one of them's collecting $168,000 and the other one $170-something thousand from lobbyists. And they're opposed. Well, we'll have that conversation after June, that's for sure. Because I am friends with both of them. One of them I've worked with a, a lot over the years, and and the other one, and we're talking about our senior senators from the state of Michigan. The other one did me a huge favor one time when we needed a speaker. And typically, you know, that one, this, yeah, I mean, neither one of them should be where they're at on this issue, but we got some other stuff going on too. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll see where it's at. But I'm going to tell you something: uh, the people that are there can't in, influence them to get where they need to be. Some of the people that are aspiring don't know where the the, uh, the key goes in to operate this thing. But I have long history with these people. Decades long history. We'll see once we have a sit down. We'll see. I can tell you this. A couple of years ago, we had a problem with the state party chair. Two weeks later, after I brought it to one of their attention, he was gone, wasn't he, David? Mm -hmm. That's right. He announced he was going to move on to different different grass. Yeah. And he lost that grass and run for Congress and lost. Yeah. We know how to put a pressure on. Yes we do. So all right, that's enough said about, you know, what we can do and what we can't do, because we don't want to let everybody know our plans. But we do have them, brothers and sisters and sisters and brothers. We got them out here. Yes we do. And we're going to affect them in your interest. And there's going to be a whole hell of a lot of people that wish to God that we weren't there because we're going to actually hold them to account for what they do. If they ask us for their our support, they're going to carry our damn water for us when we get them there. I hope you all are listening, everybody. I know there's a bunch of you. Democrats out there that I dearly love to listen to this show a lot. We're coming. We have a plan in place. It's being implemented as we speak. And it's going to get better and stronger. We know where the keyhole is for this. We can turn the key, put it in, turn it, start it. Know where all the levers are. There ain't no training ground required. And we respect each and every one of those people. We're just a little angry that they're not doing the right thing. So we'll work with them. Having said that, everybody, uh, David and Jeff, have a good night. Listeners, have a good night. Thanks to everybody who listens all around the world. And uh, good night, listeners. Good night, David and Jeff. 
Good night, everybody.